This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. All right. uh, You just heard on the news, uh, we talked about this as well, the Bank of Canada cutting the lending rate, slashing the overnight rate by half a percentage point to 0.75%. That, uh, as well as some other economic measures just announced by Federal Finance Minister Bill Morneau. What does this mean for the economy as we move forward and continue the fight against the spread of the COVID-19 virus? Well, let's bring back Rob Levy, CKNW business analyst, to talk a little bit more about this. Rob, thanks so much for being with us again. Oh, no problem at all. Nice to be with you again, Jill. Uh, Unfortunately, let, under these circumstances. Yeah, not the, the greatest news that we're talking about. But let's start with the cutting of the interest rate. Was that expected or unexpected? In many senses, it was expected to see uh, central banks around the world, including the Bank of Canada, uh, continue to react uh, to how these economic conditions are, are unfolding. It, it, what it tells you, uh, especially from the policymakers' angle, is their concerns. You know, we are heading into an economic recession, a global recession, and, and it's going to be challenging getting out of it. Uh, the parallels, you know, being drawn to past instances like 2008-2009 is that the confidence came out of the market, there was a decline, uh, but what we're seeing this time around is is almost the sudden stop, Uh, the fact that we're grounding airplanes, the fact that cruise line travel is being halted. People are telling, you know, self-isolate and don't leave your home, and that does a serious halt to the economy and, and is a major upset, so that's where the concern and now the reaction is. Uh, And I guess, is there some comfort in knowing that this is going to be temporary? While we don't know exactly when it's going to to be stopped, we don't know when we're going to be out of this, we do know that it's not going to last forever. That's where the bright side is, absolutely. And and certainly that Canada and Western economies couldn't react the way that we saw China did at the end of January, beginning of February. It was almost headline news, the extreme measures that China was taking, locking down cities of 400 million people. And and, and the fact that they even had the ability to do that, something that was almost unthinkable in Western societies when people are saying, you know, maybe we should have put these measures into place a couple weeks ago and sooner, and that would have dealt with this. Uh, But yeah, exactly right. It, It tells the extremes that how this virus has spread and now, now we've got to bring this economy to a stop, unfortunately, at the cost of introducing these measures and having it contained. Uh, the finance minister uh, talked about the fact that Canada has an extremely strong banking system, saying that our systems in place are ready and able to respond to what's happening, uh, even though it's it's unprecedented in many ways. Uh, he talked about a stimulus program that is going to be announced. Uh, I mean, those things, I think, were expected as well. Uh, can Do you think, can the finance minister get ahead of this as far as easing uh, the pain that is inevitable? It, well, it really it speaks to the crux of the issue here, it, it, and it's who holds the debt. And there's going to be scenarios in these type of situations where firms aren't making any money and they're highly leveraged, or there are households that, that are indebted. And we know uh, Canada's quarterly household surveys where we see how much debt Canadians hold to their monthly income and what happens when we take a break on those cash flows because people might take a pause from work and the temporary sickness. That's why we've seen those measures introduced, but for the banks, especially in the businesses and the highly levered businesses in Canada, front and center with this oil shock is, is in the oil patch. There, there are companies that are highly levered and, and producing oil at say $30 a barrel or in an environment where demand is cut so drastically that they don't have cash flow and they're extremely in debt. 
so that's why the concern, you know, the banks that hold those debts, uh, you don't want it to spread to a financial crisis. And, and these measures taking place are in order to avoid that kind of scenario. And, and what do you see unfolding or how would it, what would it look like if we suddenly see because they've waived the wait period for people that are going to be access, uh, accessing uh, employment insurance? If we suddenly have people that are self-isolating, that aren't working, that are uh, accessing EI, uh, that are perhaps looking to defer mortgage payments, that can't pay rent, how, how do you see that looking as far as the negative impact that's going to have on the economy? It, it will be. It is the immediate negative impact. The question is certainly how we recover from it. And it's the fact of the matter that, that people aren't going out, they aren't spending in the same way, or as you said, you know, they may have to defer a mortgage payment. That's the challenge in this kind of environment. But the drastic measures, and that's what it seems, these drastic measures and fear being at its greatest, if four weeks from now with these travel restrictions start to get list, lifted and the economy sort of goes back to life, people go about their normal business, uh, these measures will alleviate that stress. It's, it's if this lasts longer than two, four weeks and people are still contained in home, they, they don't have the cash flow coming in. That, that's where the challenge persists. So that's why these measures have certainly gone in place uh, to to mitigate against any sort of financial stress or financial shock. Uh, with the interest rate, with the cutting of the rate to 0.75%, uh, do you, is it too far out there to even consider or to think that this is something that, if it is prolonged, could lead to negative interest rates? It's certainly a question that everyone's asking right now. And interest rates are, without a doubt, heading to zero around the world. Uh, many people were predicting that. I don't think they were predicting how quickly we're going to get there. Uh, but what's what's even more interesting is, is how central banks will plan to stimulate a, a frozen economy like this. And, and that's where a lot of the discussion has gone. You know, zero interest rates alleviate some of the stress. But in the U.S. right now, you pair zero interest rates with large government spending. And, and maybe that's the tool they use in order to pick up the economy. It's, They might not get it from zero interest rates and they might see limited efficacy of cutting interest rates towards zero because all they're doing is maybe the short term fix and and the limited effect of helping households for a couple of weeks. But, you know, you pair that with, I think, the government stimulus that's going to come next. And and that's really going to speak speak to how they're going to try and kickstart this economy. So lower interest rates from here uh, towards zero, but also ramping up on the government spending side of the equation. And, and that's where the chatter is going to be to try and get the economy going again. Uh, you mentioned uh, China and the extreme measures that were taken in China. They are reporting very uh, low numbers when it comes to new cases. Uh, how much does it depend, do you think, on the economic recovery in China? Uh, how much does that impact what's going to be happening around the world? Huge, a- absolutely huge. And, and there were comparisons made even to the SARS uh, pandemic back in 2003, where China approximately, and I I forget the numbers off my head, but 7% of the global economy today, they're one fifth. Uh, So it's absolutely huge. China's going to be the integral role in kickstarting this economy. Uh, Lower oil prices, that's going to be a positive. That could be something that gets people traveling again as airlines pass on discounts. But as you said, too, and we we talked about it, it's going to be getting past this. This economy that's come to the sudden stop and how do you restart that again? The people that have been laid off have to be rehired and retrained. It's scheduled flights that were dropped because there's no demand for them right now. Reestablishing that demand and then flights moving people around the world and all these, you know, business connections and networks that have gone on halt and reconfiguring them and restarting them. That, that's what's going to come at a huge cost. And it, 
it will be a boost to the economy, but that's what's going to be slow to restart and get it gaining again. And do you think Canada is in a better position than to recover from this than say, I mean, we're hearing from the World Health Organization today that Europe is the new epicenter of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, that's uh, clearly a, a continent that's had huge financial issues in the past few years. Is Canada, do you think, in a better position to recover? Likely, but this Canadian economy, I think, compared to elsewhere in the world, given that we also have the other factor to deal with, uh, which has been an oil price shock, that's going to be harder on us, too. Three major factors right now, which people are talking about, and one is the demand destruction from COVID-19, two is the oil price shock, and then three, you got this negative wealth effect because the stock markets have dropped more than 20%. So that tightens people's wallets up a little bit and cuts some of that discretionary spending. So hey, the fact that we are exposed to the oil shock too, where elsewhere in the world isn't that you know, Europe's got their own host of issues, but that's why Canada could struggle a little bit more out of this one compared to other countries is because we're facing the oil shock with it. All right, uh, Rob, thanks so much. We'll leave it there, but thank you so much for joining us to walk us through it. Oh, no problem. Thanks, Jill. Robert Levy, CKNW Business Analyst.